Hi friends, welcome to the Grace-Based Families podcast. At Grace-Based Families, we are all about helping people bring God's grace to the forefront of all areas of their lives. And this includes our lives at work. Whether you work from home, work in an office, or are running your own business, how we treat the people we work with can define the culture around us and make or break how we experience our lives at work. Our ministry is excited to be launching a great new resource called Grace at Work, a book by Tim Kimmel and Michael Tooker. Find out more about the book and pre-order at graceatworkbook.com. Now on to the Grace Based Families podcast. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Karis. Well, today we are going to talk about uh, a topic that is kind of near and dear to my heart because Mm -hmm. I wrote about it in my book, Grace-Based Discipline. But we're going to talk about discovering the why behind our kids' behavior. Oh, I need this conversation right now. Uh, yeah. It's just hard sometimes. Sometimes when you stare at your kid, you're like, "What? Do, why are you acting like this? Yeah. So maybe you can help yeah, us unpack some of that today. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, and I think uh, I think it's important to say that we we can't always know right. why our kids do what they right. do. Because sometimes they don't know what why. We don't know why. Nobody mm-hmm. knows why. There isn't a clear-cut answer. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot more often than not, there is something underlying. And if we yeah. can get to the root of what's going on, we it, it almost sort of like goes upstream from mm. those behaviors and it stems them there so that then we're not even really dealing with the behaviors. We've actually dealt with the source. Yeah. And so I think the more we can do that as parents, it really... Um, it eliminates a lot of uh, even necessity for for discipline in if, with a lot of the behaviors. If we go back and we're kind of working backwards and we're trying to sort of reverse engineer well, why they're doing what they're mm-hmm. doing. It sounds like you're saying a lot of the responsibility mm-hmm. falls on us in in the sense of like doing some investigating and not that we can diagnose our kids. Like if right. things are extreme, obviously see some professionals. We're just talking about kind of run of the mill. Yeah. You know, being uncooperative, being disrespectful, you know, these kind of things. But as a parent, so you're saying, okay, there's this behavior instead of just behavior modification, behavior modification, mm-hmm. I need to do a little deep dive and to figure out what's going on, what is making you act like this? What's behind all this? And that's yeah. a lot of work as a parent. It can be a lot of work, but I think it's less work than just sort of putting know, a band aid on it, putting a band aid or, or taking these behaviors mm-hmm. rapid fire as they come and trying to deal with them. Um, you know, the great law of human behavior is that behavior always means something. Mm-hmm. People do not do things for no reason. So anytime we do something, mm-hmm. It means something. There is something behind it. There's some purpose um, that we may not consciously know. I think very often we don't consciously think about that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I I think it's it's safe to say that if there is an unwanted, undesirable, unhelpful behavior, either in us as adults or Mm -hmm. in our kids, there is always a reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe not always a reason we can know. But a lot of the time, there is a reason we can know. One of the things I say in my book is that sometimes our kids misbehave because they're trying to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think, and what we'll, we'll focus most on in this conversation on, on the podcast today, if you want to go deeper in this, this is in my book, Grace-Based Discipline. There's a whole chapter on kind of delving into the why behind our kids' behaviors. But for today, we're really going to focus on what I kind of said in that statement, that our kids misbehave often because they're trying to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. And so mm-hmm. what that suggests is that there is some kind of an unmet need mm-hmm. that's behind some of these behaviors. Oh, yeah. Um, so, if, yeah, what what is an unmet, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, is it different depending on what age they are or yes oh yeah okay. yeah <laughs> All sorts I, think, of things. I think well as you kind of start to then peel the mm. onion here on this i think the first step is acknowledging that 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 there could be an unmet need mm-hmm. right that oh this this behavior is coming up especially if you're seeing a pattern of behavior sure you know you're seeing something happen and especially if that maybe seems a little bit out of character for your kid yeah. or if it's just particularly it's bothersome it's disruptive to your family it's disruptive to your life it isn't it isn't helpful to them mm-hmm. right um, so sometimes what we're talking about are are sinful behaviors. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes what we're talking about, maybe that's not necessarily sinful, but it's just unhelpful. You're right. Right. Self-destructive, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think when you acknowledge that there might be an unmet need, then you can start kind of investiga- investigating what could that be. And their age plays a factor. Mm-hmm. Their stage of development plays a factor. Right. Their personality and sort of their own unique um, hardwiring plays a factor Mm -hmm. um where they are in your family tree you know are they are they a firstborn are Mm -hmm. they a middle kid are they a baby uh you know the 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 last uh child in a family often has a different experience of your parenting and your family yeah than the other kids Mm -hmm. right and so all these things we can we can take into account but i think there's three main areas of needs that you can really just make a quick assessment of. Mm -hmm. And once you're familiar with this, you can do this almost instantly. Yeah. And to try to determine, okay, what's going on? What's really going on here? Mm -hmm. Because then if you can work backwards and actually go meet that need, you're going to see some of these behaviors just disappear. Right. Yeah. Um, Because you're getting to the root cause. You're getting to the root. (laughs) Instead of just treating the symptoms. Right. And for a period of time, you know, you're going to work to meet that need if you can. Seek help to meet that need maybe sometimes, depending Mm -hmm. on what it is. Um, And in the the in-between time, in this transition period, you may still need to enact consequences and discipline Mm -hmm. for the behaviors. But I think... You'll, they'll just start to disappear, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of eliminates the need for the consequences and the discipline because yeah. you've you've worked on meeting the need. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about these three areas. And I would love to hear from you, Michelle, yeah. how you've seen these play out with mm-hmm. your own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the younger kids, youngish kids, young middle-aged kids. Middle-aged <laughs> middle kids? What's a middle-aged kid? I don't kid? know. I don't know. I'm thinking like tween. You know, yeah, like yeah. from from like elementary school to sort of tweens. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and then I've got the now officially have two adult children which i just cannot believe my youngest turned 18 last week and and 
I'm sure when people hear this, she will have been 18 for a couple of months. But um, yeah, so I'm kind That's of on crazy. the tail end of it. But yeah. I think that you see these affect mm-hmm. your kids at all stages, even once they become adults, because yeah. these things affect us too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the very the first um, category of needs that I think we want to always think about, this is just surface level, you can assess this really fast, unmet physical needs. Mm. Is there some kind of an unmet physical need? Being hungry, being tired, being ill, being overstimulated. Um, Oh, yeah. That's me. That sounds like me. Yeah. When I get angry. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Hangry. I love that word. It's understandable that a three-year-old is going to have a meltdown when they haven't had lunch and it's two o'clock. So. Right. Right. So so -hmm. that's kind of an easy one to assess. But it it is. I mean, we, we forget often how much that affects our kids. Yeah. Um, especially when we have multiple kids and they're not going to all necessarily be on the same schedule of having their physical needs met. And yeah. and especially when they're real little. Yeah, you did feed them 15 minutes ago, <laughs> <laughs> but their tummy is so tiny. It holds like three tablespoons and they're hungry now, Yeah, you know, and so um, or they're cold or they're mm-hmm. overstimulated or they're tired or, you know, it's just been too much. And um, and so. You need to say, okay, am I a- what am I asking of them in this moment? Yeah. And they're running on empty in mm-hmm. some sort of a, a physical sense or yeah. multiple. Yeah. And that's going to be a recipe for mm-hmm. meltdowns. Right. And I think this is where I was saying, I think a lot of it comes, unfortunately, back on us as a parent, where we have to extend grace when, mm-hmm. when they're two and three and you're toting around. I mean, I remember one time when I had two or three little kids and my friend was in town and we were you know we went shopping and then we went to lunch and and I remember trying to get someone in their car seat and they were doing the like I'm gonna arch my back right. I refuse to get in this five-point harness and crying and I got like, a little embarrassed because my friend was in town and I'm like you need to obey and you need to get in your seat and then I'm like okay he's tired he's hungry he is so overstimulated mm-hmm. like I, I knew I had limits and I pushed them. So at this right, point, like, right. I'm going to give you some grace. I am not going like, to unleash the fury on you because right. I pushed you too hard this time, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so some of those unmet physical needs at a young age are, again, just getting kids back into a normal rhythm and they're just right. they're doing the best they can but yeah. they're angry and, right and well and i think with this one you know you the solutions are pretty straightforward you know a snack and a nap mm-hmm. solves a lot of behavior problems right. for everyone i mean i think if if uh, you know a mom could be the ruler of the world it would just be a good <laughs> idea to just be like okay worldwide here's what we're going to do today yeah carry your snack and a, and your snack and a nap yeah. everybody and like so let's just pause all the wars let's pause well, all the conflicts let's pause the peace talks everybody take a nap have a snack come back and see if this is still really a problem exactly um i'm i'm being facetious but really you can solve a lot with that and then and then i think having realistic expectations Mm -hmm. um of the limits you talked about how yeah you'd pushed your son Mm -hmm. past his limits and Mm -hmm. we know i mean if we're honest with ourselves, we yeah. know as moms what those limits are. Mm-hmm. But in our busy lives, and we have a lot on our plate, and we're trying to get a lot done, and you've got multiple kids that have mm-hmm. different things they need to go to, we stretch and we push those limits. So yeah. when that happens, we just shouldn't be surprised when, mm-hmm. right? The, you know, the negative behaviors start to surface. And um, 
And if we can, as much as possible, try to anticipate those limits in advance. Try to plan for those needs mm-hmm. coming up. Try to, you know, as much as we can, uh, eliminate hurry from our life. Mm-hmm. And just know, if you're a mother of young kids, that that doesn't last forever. Right. Their capacity for, um, you know, for stimulation and for and for busyness and for activities that grows with time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is going. You know, you do have to be realistic. Or if you have a a, a neurodivergent kid, mm-hmm. those limits are going to be different. Absolutely. If you you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the next section. But you you do need to take it, all of those things into account: age, stage of life, personality, unique bent, and then mm-hmm. just go. Okay, is there is what do I need to do to mitigate this? Yeah. So the second. Um, category of needs is what I like to call unique needs or even special needs. Mm -hmm. Um, These can range from personality preferences, but also would kind of be an umbrella term to include things like learning disabilities, ADHD, mental health, physical disabilities, developmental delays, things like autism, trauma, um, so these are needs that are unique to your particular child, mm-hmm. right? Physical needs are things that uh, everybody has. The third category of needs we're going to talk about are things that everybody has. Yeah. But this category is specific to your own kid mm-hmm. um, and may not apply to your other kids, may not apply to kids who are, you know, your friends' kids, other people you know. So this is really kind of honing in on the uniqueness of your own child. Mm-hmm. And based on that, asking yourself, is there are there needs here that aren't getting met or aren't getting um, met sufficiently? Right. And, and I like how you said this is unique. So I have a friend, like to each kid, I have a friend who adopted a child um, from foster care and there was a lot of food insecurity. He was mm-hmm. left without food for a couple days on end. And so um, he has been in a loving environment for years now. But when anytime she buys yogurt or any kind of, you know, breakfast food he wakes up he sets his alarm before everyone else and he eats all of it like he Mm -hmm. just hoards it because he has such food insecurity and she kept getting like the whole family was frustrated all the other kids like that's not fair those were our special you know yogurts whatever and his behavior the why behind his behavior was he had trauma from trauma having Mm -hmm. food insecurity and not having you know enough when he was little and so every this is such a a big category because it's right. this is really hard to figure out. We're struggling with a kid right now that I'm like, is there maybe some anxiety? Is there ADHD? What is happening? Because this doesn't feel um, as normal right. to solve as the behavioral problems in my other two kids. Right. So this one takes a, a little more time, I think, to identify than a, maybe a physical unmet need. Right. And I think that, that this is a great time to... Um, seek counsel, mm-hmm. you know, and whether that, it, it, and I think there's sort of levels of counsel to think about. You mm-hmm. know, you might brainstorm with some trusted friends yeah. about this, but beyond that, you may need to seek help from a professional. 
if mm-hmm. you're dealing with a child who has past trauma, if you're a, a an adoptive or foster parent, there's going to be unique things about parenting that child, about meeting that kid's needs that are going to look different mm-hmm. than uh, your other children, or if you have a, a kid with autism or ADHD, or I like to just kind of broad term is neurodivergent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a disability, but maybe it's not so much a disability as it is a difference, right? Right, a divergence from the and and the world is made for neurotypical people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called neurotypical people because most people are that way. Mm-hmm. So the world is designed for the neurotypical and that's fine that's how it is but if you are divergent from that everything's going to be harder yeah everything's going to be more intense you're going to mm-hmm. have to work more just for the baseline yeah so somebody with anxiety or ADHD mm-hmm. or autism or uh you know a learning disability something like that is going to have to put in a whole lot more effort just to stay at the baseline. And so mm-hmm. what that means sometimes then is that when that child comes home, you know, if that's a kid who's in school, yeah, leaves your home during the day to go do things, they're going to have to be at their best for that. And when they come home, a lot of the time you see this rebound in, in behavior where behavior is just really bad. They're really cranky. They're yeah. argumentative. They don't want to do anything. They blow up. Mm-hmm. And it's because they've had to hold it together yeah. all day. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, um, there's this great book uh, called uh, The Explosive Child, and mm. it's written by Dr. Ross Green. And he says, um, defiant behavior is simply a response to a child's lack of skills. Yeah. And I think about with this one, with if there are some unmet unique needs, what, like learning disabilities or something, um, they can act out defiantly because they lack the skills. No one wants to do bad in school. No right. one wants to get in trouble all the time at home for acting right. out, right? But they're doing the best they can. They're just lacking some skills. And so seeing a professional or talking to your kids' teachers or some trusted friends and saying, mm-hmm. hey, what do, what do you see here? Um, what are we missing can really help, you know, fill in some of the puzzle pieces. So I think of like um, my husband growing up, I didn't go to high school with him, but he was like, undiagnosed ADHD all through high school, right? Right. And so he kind of came across as like, uh, from what I hear from his parents and siblings and classmates, as like the Zach Morris, right? Always Mm -hmm. trying to be charismatic and uh, charm the teachers, Mm -hmm. right? Because it took away from the fact that he was failing in his studies, right? And so he, he was kind of misbehaving with, or manipulating, yeah, mm-hmm. manipulating the teachers or whatever you want to call it to meet the legitimate need of needing to pass high school and pass mm-hmm. his classes to get out of, out, out of high school, but a little bit in an Ill- illegitimate way because he was lacking the study skills and right. lacking the resources. And and then by the time, you know, he finally graduated, his parents were like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you have ADHD. No wonder it was so hard for you. Well, like- and, at, <laughs> and at the most base level, he has a brain that doesn't produce enough dopamine mm-hmm. or doesn't produce it at the right time because mm-hmm. that's that's what's happening chemically in, mm-hmm. in a brain with ADHD. And and so he found ways to compensate for that. Right. And so at the very base level, you know, you, this might be a unique need or a special need that actually has medical treatments 
that need mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so therapy so or intervention. It, might, it yeah. might need to be, yeah, therapies or interventions or or even medication in some st- in some mm-hmm. instances. And until those things are in place, a lot of the other things we do just aren't going to have a chance to matter. It's like right. it's like following a recipe for bread perfectly and then putting it in the oven and not turning the oven on. Mm. The oven's not on. It's never going to bake. You did everything right except for that one thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so your your husband had a, has a brain that doesn't produce enough mm-hmm. dopamine. You can do all the right things, but if he doesn't if he don't figure out a way for to to mitigate that, yeah. to remediate that, you know, all mm-hmm. these other things are going to maybe have a little bit of a of a help but not hi listeners kelly work here with grace-based families i wanted to break into this episode and tell you about a great new podcast series we're launching called the grace at work mini series this series of episodes is going to focus specifically on how we bring grace-based living into our professional lives we spend so much of our lives at work whether it's in the home outside the home or running our own businesses And our experiences of work can define every other area of our lives, including our marriages and parenting. That's why it's so important that we talk about creating a culture of grace in our workplaces. We invite you to join us for these important conversations and please share them with anyone in your life who could use some grace at work. Now on to the Grace-Based Families podcast. I think about uh, a friend of mine who I was talking with a couple weeks ago, and she has a teenage daughter, and uh, this daughter's diagnosed ADHD, but she actually does pretty well in school. She's mm-hmm. she's high intellect, so yeah. again, she's able to compensate, right, for mm-hmm. some of the um, inattention and things like that, simply because she's just so smart, yeah. and she has like a, a photographic memory. So she can wow. just read things and remember awesome. them. So for a lot of people with ADHD, they don't test well, they just really, really struggle in school. Well, she actually has some other skills that compensate for that. But where her ADHD right now is showing up and causing the most difficulty is actually in her emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. And people don't recognize as readily that that is a major symptom set of ADHD mm-hmm. and also things like autism and trauma and mm-hmm. anxiety and you know you name it. But for ADHD, that, that prefrontal cortex that's affected um, is also where we regulate our emotions. Mm-hmm. And so because that's underdeveloped, ADHD is actually a developmental delay mm-hmm. by definition. Um, and so that's delayed. So she has a hard time regulating her emotions. So she's just explosive. Sure. Um, and she's most explosive at home with her parents where she feels like she can finally let her guard down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also is anxiety producing because she's she's compensating so much and working so hard not to let the ball drop all the time at school, right? Mm-hmm. And so this mom and I were talking through this and and it was like a light bulb went off in in the mom's mind when she went, "Oh my gosh. Mm. This is the ADHD." Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that she 
is allowed to explode and yell at her mom and do all these things. But just by recognizing the need, what this mom was able to do is, first of all, feel compassion yeah. and grace. Mm-hmm. And it really relieved a lot of that um, the anger and the feelings right. of... of um, just disrespect she was feeling and I because that just compounded the problem yeah you know and she was able to at least take take a step back and say okay she's actually struggling here right and was able to do what we talk about all the time which is not take Mm -hmm. our kids behavior personally Mm -hmm. so that she can respond and so now we're talking through strategies of okay now when this happens what what actually needs to happen does Mm -hmm. it need do you engage in that or do you Mm -hmm. recognize that she's having a hard time regulating her emotions so what actually needs to happen is things need to get very calm right very quiet and very still and they need to slow down yeah you know, yeah. Um, we had an incident uh, yesterday, actually, at the grocery store where um, I had a, a child who remained nameless who had a full-on meltdown because I wouldn't buy him a dragon fruit. I'm like, what? No, I don't. <laughs> he he was so hungry. There was a lot of these unmet needs hitting, colliding right, at right. one time. There and was hunger. Happens, there yeah. was yeah, a lot of challenges. Anyway, I, I didn't I didn't want to buy the dragon fruit for a lot of reasons. Um, and it it he was. This and normally he holds it together, but he was so frazzled. He was so uncooperative. He was yelling at me in the store, and of course I got embarrassed. But um, you know, you can kind of take take any of these behaviors through a chart of like when the child is name it like my son was frazzled or easily upset or being uncooperative. Then you can like break it down into like another category. Then he's he's likely feeling what so for him he was unsettled he was frustrated he felt unheard because i was rushing mm-hmm. through the grocery store with three kids trying to make it to haircuts right after school um so then you ha- can ask yourself the next question what does he like what does he need and that's what you were saying you were helping your friend and he needed me to slow down yeah. uh he needed me to give him his some undivided attention right he needed me to have a some encouragement that I wasn't going to leave him without any sort of snack. Right. right. But it's usually like you, if you see the behavior and as a parent, you can say, okay, this is probably the feeling behind there or the unmet need. So what do they need? I I don't think we, I know for with younger kids, I'm trying not to get so worried about like, is there a diagnosis, right? At this age, but what skills is he lacking? And what expectation is he having trouble meeting? And how can I help develop those skills and also bring him in when we're not in the heat of the moment? This is like what Dr. Green talks about in the explosive child. When you're not in the heat of the moment, have the child help come up with some problem-solving solutions. So right. after the fact, with your friend's daughter or with my son, when they're very emotionally explosive and very frustrated, after the fact, I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. What were you feeling? How can we handle that differently next time? What do you think would be a good solution when you're frustrated that I don't buy six dollar? dragon fruits that we don't know how to cut up nor can we do that in the car on the way to haircuts right like what would be another how do we problem solve this together so that they have buy-in and Mm -hmm. i don't know there's just there's so much out there but i just want to encourage parents i don't know how to diagnose my kid i don't know it's yeah it's so hard it's so overwhelming when they're little and you're just like i don't know what your needs are are there unique challenges are there unmet needs is it everything colliding but i think as parents if we can just step back and say okay what are they feeling 
what do they likely need in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, it can yeah. kind of de-escalate because yeah. I know I was getting escalated and people were mm-hmm. looking and it was awkward yeah. and I was getting pushed into the Euro stand. Like I was like, what is going on? Why are you pushing me? You're yeah. out of control. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, what's wrong with me? I need to calm down. He has some yeah. serious unmet needs. Right. I can't right. solve them this moment, but I need to just like connect, de-escalate, and we'll try to problem solve this later. Yes. Oh, it was so exhausting. It is. It's really hard. It's really hard. And I know I've mentioned things that are actually diagnosable and focused on a couple of diagnoses simply because I want to highlight that 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 Mm -hmm. can be a factor. But you're right. We're not, it's not always about some diagnosis. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just skill building. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the skills. And that's our jobs as parents Mm -hmm. is, is to help lead them through a process of gaining skills, learning tools Mm -hmm. that can help them regulate. Yeah. Right. Um, And, and we're often not great at it ourselves as parents. So it's an opportunity for us to grow as well. Mm-hmm. So the last category, I don't know that these are the only three, but these are the three that I talk about in my book, and they're they're sort of big umbrellas. So we talked about physical needs, we talked about unique needs, and then I think the the other category is inner needs. If you're familiar with our work um, in the book Grace Based Parenting, my dad, Dr. Tim Kimmel, wrote that book, and a lot of our curriculum at Grace Based Families is is based on the philosophies behind that that book. And so, the sort of main, most important philosophy to understand is that everybody, no matter who it is, has three primary inner needs, and those primary inner needs are a, a need for security a need for significance, and a need for strength. And those are sort of our core heart needs. Mm -hmm. So at the base of almost everything that we want, that we desire, is these three things. We want to feel secure. We want to feel like we have significance or that like we have a purpose. And we want to have uh, a sense of strength, a sense of hope, Right. We want to be loved. That goes along with with security. And so if these inner needs are not, um, you know, we're, we're always sort of shuffling mm-hmm. with these things. And ultimately, our inner heart needs are best met with a, a loving relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus yeah. and the Holy Spirit are the ones that meet these needs ultimately. But as parents, we have the opportunity while our kids are young to seek to meet these needs in them. Mm-hmm. And we almost act as a bridge between them and a future relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that we fill that spot, but I forget who said it, but but I think it's a, an interesting quote is that we are the first gods our kids ever know. Yeah. Right. We are the first God they ever know. We are all present, omnipotent. We meet every need. Mm-hmm. We are that primary bonded relationship. And so how we parent them and how we love them is going to impact their ability to have a relationship with God, which mm-hmm. which is very sobering for me. It should be very yeah. sobering for us mm-hmm. as parents. But this is where this comes in. And so a lot of the time... 
um, when you're seeing a, a child deal with um, deeply felt emotions, with fears, with insecurity, with vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. um, what they're really crying out for is love, purpose, and hope. Mm-hmm. A sense of security, a sense of significance, a sense of strength. Yeah, I think you see a lack of this. I I, I picture someone whose home life is really unstable, and that might not be all the time, but I I had friends who growing up, their parents were separated or going through a divorce, and it was really nasty. Mm -hmm. And And their behavior changed because they were feeling super insecure. They had a lot of fear about yeah. what is, am I going to live with mom or dad? Are they going to get divorced? And and that happens in a lot of families. And so I think it's giving um, a lot of grace to your kids or your friend's kids who are going through something that can really rock their security when they're a little guy or even a teen. Um, They feel very vulnerable when there are things outside of their circumstances that they can't control, whether that's mom's going through cancer or mom Mm -hmm. and dad might be separating or that is very um, anxiety (laughs) for kids. And so some of the acting out sometimes I think that teachers see at school or whatever parents can see um, is because, like you said, they're missing security, significance, or strength, and something's not right. And I even had a teacher once ask me, is everything okay at home? Because Brayden's not being himself. And I'm like, hmm. oh, what? What do you mean? Well, I knew what it was. He was having problems with his best friend. And I said to her, well, you know what? That was really um, intuitive and observant of you. Right. Because she said, I knew him. And all of a sudden, he wasn't his confident self. He was lacking mm. this, like his... I don't know, his personality. He was kind of more withdrawn. I just wanted to make sure everything was fine at home. I'm like, oh, er wow, thank you. Yes, everything is fine at home. Um, He's just having a problem with his best friend and he's trying to figure out what to do and we're trying to help him process through that. But I thought, huh, think about how many kids are having a really hard time at home. And so they might be acting out or withdrawing because there's something bigger going on. We just don't know. Yeah, Uh, a good friend of mine, this couple that we've known for many years and they're they're fantastic parents, mm-hmm. great parents. Um, they've got four kids, and one of their daughters, um, I think their teacher, the the daughter's teacher, reached out to them and said, "She's making up these just like wild, crazy stories." And mm-hmm. and and I mean, she was nice to call them stories, but she was like <laughs> passing these things off as truth. Like, I met this famous person, and I got this autograph, and, uh-huh. and over the summer we're going to go here, and all these trips and vacations they were going to do, and none of it was true. It was mm-hmm. all lies. She's got an incredible <laughs> yeah. imagination, but yeah, all lies, right? And this is a Christian family, and of course they're they've instilled the value of mm-hmm. honesty in in their kids, and they expect honesty. So this is just so far, yeah outside of what is normal in their family and for this kid and so and this has been years now um and their kids are great they're they're grown-ups now right but um but i remember us talking about it um and they're just like we we do not know what's going on like what is happening yeah. here and so we sat and we brainstormed and this is where you know involving a trusted friend can be really helpful but i i said okay don't take this the wrong way but this is just an observation but your oldest child right now it, it was super talented in a mm. sport 
I'm not going to say which sport because I don't want to out them, but this child mm. was very talented in this sport, like getting recruited mm. for the Olympics at like 13, wow. 14, right? Very, very talented. And that took a lot of time, mm -hmm. a lot of energy, and really the whole family schedule sort of revolved around this child because she just was yeah. uniquely gifted in this thing. Uh, it, it was not a situation like you often see where parents think their kids are going to go to like the NBA <laughs> yeah, and they're or whatever, not. and they're not. No, yeah. this kid actually was that gifted, right? Um, so legitimately, they were putting all this effort and, and attention onto her, but I'm like, could it be? that she's just needing some she wants to feel a significant mm -hmm. she wants to the attention she mm -hmm. wants um to feel special yeah and so what can you guys do like how let's let's think of some some ways that you can make sure that you're you know, we're not trying to take anything away from this older child but how can you be intentional to build her sense of security. Yeah. And rather than freaking out about her like making up this whole other <laughs> she's life be a pathological that she's a liar, you know, yeah, don't yeah. yeah, rather than panicking that she's going to be some kind of a pathological liar or focusing on how sinful it is to lie. Mm -hmm. Though, you know, you could go that direction with it, but I'm like I just don't think that would be helpful. What I yeah. think is happening here is she's just crying out for significance. Yeah. And it was like an aha moment, light bulb went off. And it, it resolved itself very quickly. Yeah, Once they cool. took the time to spend special time with her to find a couple of things that they could really, you know, celebrate, celebrate that she was doing her, well. that mm -hmm. she was doing. Um, and they enlisted some other people in their lives, grandparents, yeah. aunts and uncles to help them do this. Mm -hmm. And it really made a huge difference. So, awesome. so I think that's kind of that last, um, that third level of needs that we need to think about. And this is the way, I mean, because there are these inner needs, they are a little bit more ethereal. Mm -hmm. They might be a little bit harder to identify yeah. than the other two things we talked about, the physical needs and the unique needs. You do have to do maybe some digging and you might, you need to talk with your child because there may be things going on that you're not aware of. Maybe they are having problems with a friend mm -hmm. like Brayden was. Yeah. Maybe they're, um, you know, Maybe they're just, they're having some fears and some insecurities. Mm -hmm. um, it may sometimes be obvious, but sometimes not that obvious. But I think just the process of of discovery, yeah. of talking with your kids about this, shows a whole lot of esteem and respect mm -hmm. and love for them. They're going right. to feel loved and cared for. The fact that you're even looking into it, the fact that you're even wanting to talk with them about those things. Right. Instead of just treat the symptom You're, right we're getting to the root and and looking through like i said you men mentioned it earlier and then we'll wrap up but if we are viewing challenging behaviors through what we refer to as the grace lens yeah it's going to help us respond with so much more compassion yes instead of looking at them like you're trying to ruin my life why did i become a parent <laughs> right <laughs> you're embarrassing me at the grocery store with a stupid dragon fruit right like you right. you're coming home from school as a teenage girl and verbally accosting me like uh -huh, this is terrible right but if you're if we're putting on this grace lens and this heart of grace like you said there still are consequences mm -hmm. to actions there's yeah. still rules. God doesn't throw out his right. rule book with us. But if we are looking at our, our kids, our other 
people in our life that have really challenging behaviors and say, okay, there's a why, there's some unmet need here. Yeah. Um, helps us to respond more like Christ does. Yes, absolutely. So thanks for joining us today, uh, friends. And if we can be praying for you, please reach out to us at family at com. We would love to hear from you. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. And so please reach out to us. And, and if this podcast helps you, if it if it is a blessing in your life, please share it. Please subscribe and let your friends know um, to listen as well. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.